This is Ian Hartley. And I'm Warren Kay. Welcome to the Rediscovering God podcast. We invite you to join us as we endeavor to see Him more clearly, love Him more dearly, and follow Him more nearly. Welcome, everyone. This is part two of our podcast on fervent prayer that we began last week, and so we're picking up where we left off there. I hope it's a blessing to you. Okay, so, so now I want to, as promised earlier on, talk about when Jesus says, ask, seek, and knock. Yes. Um, because he says uh, in the chapter before seven, chapter six, we've read it, that uh, don't babble on and on. Don't repeat everything like other religions do. And then he says in the next verse, Matthew 6, verse 8, look, your father knows what you need before you ask him. So at that point, I think it's fair to say, well, then, if God knows what I need, why do I need to ask him? Mm -hmm. Now, um, I've been married uh, to Irma for 58 years. Uh, as far as I can remember, she's come up with three meals a day, every day of our lives. Imagine I got up tomorrow morning and said to her, Irma, don't forget, I need breakfast today. <laughs> right. I would deserve a black eye. <laughs> so we need to keep this in the back of our minds when we pray, that God knows what we need. Mm -hmm. forgiveness of others is a prerequisite for praying we've already talked about that uh, at the end of the prayer uh, Jesus makes a comment so now let's get to this ask, seek and knock it's in Matthew 7 verse 7 to 12 i ask you to read that please Matthew 7 verse 7 to 12 keep on asking and you will receive what you ask for keep on seeking and you will find Keep on knocking and the door will be open to you. For everyone who asks, receives. Everyone who seeks, finds. And to everyone who knocks, the door will be open. You parents, if your children ask for a loaf of bread, do you give them a stone instead? Or if they ask for a fish, do you give them a snake? Of course not. So if sinful people know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more? Will your heavenly father give good gifts to those who ask him? Thank you. So the context of this uh, statement by Jesus uh, is that it's set in the middle of what's being uh, recorded in Matthew 5 and 6 and the rest of chapter 7. So these gifts... Um, that uh, Jesus is talking to, uh, how much more will your heavenly father give, give good gifts to those who ask him? He's, uh, he described these gifts. Uh, and let's go back, for instance, to Matthew 5, verse 13 to 16. Matthew 5, 13 to 16. You are the salt of the earth, but what good is salt if it has lost its flavor? Can you okay, make it so, salty again? So that's enough. You are the salt of the earth. See, this is one of the characteristics of the kingdom of heaven 
or one of the gifts that is given to those who belong to the kingdom of heaven. They become the salt of the earth. Salt at this time was very valuable. Soldiers, Roman soldiers were paid in salt. Mm. That's where we get the word salarium for your salary. Mm. Um, so when it says you the salt of the earth, Jesus is meaning you are very valuable on the earth as a child of the kingdom of heaven. This is one of the gifts given to us by God that we become the salt of the earth. So have a look at uh, uh, chapter 5, verse 38. You have heard the law that says punishment must match the injury. Eye for an eye and a tooth for a tooth. But I say... Do not resist an evil person. Okay, you can just stop there. Do mm. not resist an evil person. Well, you see, when you're part of the kingdom of heaven, you don't resist evil people. So this ask, seek, and knock is about these characteristics of the kingdom of heaven. Hmm. I'd never thought of it in that context before. Interesting. Yeah. So have a look at uh, 5, verse 43 to 48. You have heard the law that says, love your neighbor and hate your enemy. But I say, love your enemies. Pray for those who persecute you. In that way, you will be acting as true children of your father in heaven. Okay, can you just stop there? Love your enemy and pray for those who persecute you. So this is what we mean by unconditional love. Ask, seek, and knock for unconditional love in your heart mm. because you're part of the kingdom of heaven. Then your allegiance, your loyalty is to a different standard, a different set of criteria than we're yeah. used to. Yeah. Um, chapter 6, verse 1. You can read that, please. Watch out. Don't do your good deeds publicly to be admired by others for those, for you will lose the reward from your Father in heaven. When you give to someone in need, don't do as hypocrites do, blowing trumpets in the synagogues and streets to call attention to their acts of charity. I tell you the truth, they have received all the reward they will ever get. But when you give to someone in need, don't let your left hand know what your right hand is doing. Give your gifts in private, and your Father who sees everything will reward you. Thank you. So, I don't know if you've noticed, but Jesus keeps referencing this to the Father and the kingdom of heaven. And so he's saying, look, you belong to the kingdom of heaven. You're generous, because God has been generous to you. Pass it on. Pay it forward. Mm -hmm. Ask, seek, and knock to be generous. Wow, yeah, interesting. Contentment in uh, same chapter 6 from verse 19. Don't store up treasures here on earth, for moths eat them and rust destroys them, where thieves break in and steal. Store treasures in heaven where moths and rust cannot destroy and thieves do not break in and steal. Wherever your treasure is, there the desires of your heart will be also. So, um, now we're talking about the kingdom of heaven again. 
and that people who belong to the kingdom of heaven are content. And then we come to chapter 7, uh, verse 1. If you can read that, please. Do not judge others, and you will not be judged. So that's far enough. In the kingdom of heaven, there's no judgment of other people. Now, of course, judgment can mean uh, condemning, which uh, certainly the kingdom of heaven does not condemn other people. Condemnation is always from the evil one. He's called the accuser of the brothers and the sisters. And Jesus is the savior of the brothers and sisters. So if you belong to the kingdom of heaven, your work is salvation work, not condemning work. Of course, you can judge people innocent, and that happens in the kingdom of heaven. Mm -hmm. So there are a few more characteristics here. 7 verse 13 to 14, chapter can, 7, Matthew. You can enter God's kingdom only through the narrow gate. The highway to hell is broad and its gate is wide for the many who choose that way. But the gate to life is very narrow and the road is difficult and only a few ever find it. So here's where we need to ask, seek and knock because very few find it. Because that gate is the gate of unselfishness. And then if you'll read 19 and 20, so every tree that does not produce good fruit is chopped down and thrown into the fire. So, yes, just as you can identify a tree by its fruit, so you can identify people by their actions. Okay. So the, the disciples, the members, the citizens of the kingdom of heaven, they have these characteristics. And then 21 and 23... Not everyone who calls out to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven. Only those who actually do the will of my Father in heaven will enter. On judgment day, many will say, Lord, Lord, we prophesied in your name and cast out demons in your name and performed many miracles in your name. But I will reply, I never knew you. Get away from me, you who break God's laws. Okay. So we need to ask, seek, and knock to get to know the Father and the Son of this kingdom. And then if you look in 24 to 27, chapter 7. Anyone who listens to my teachings and follows it is wise like a person who builds a house on a solid rock. Yeah, so, you know, we sing that song. The wise man built his house upon the rock. And the rains came, I forget, no, something down. But the house on the rock stood firm. Well, the rock is Jesus. And building your house on the rock means that you ask, seek, and knock to become a citizen of the kingdom of heaven with the characteristics, the gifts mm -hmm. that are being described here. So um, the last characteristic we want to deal with today is that the citizens of the kingdom of heaven are Holy Spirit empowered. We'll read about one prayer meeting that's recorded in the book of Acts. It's found in chapter 4 and verse 29 to 31. 
And now, O Lord, hear their threats and give us your servants great boldness in preaching your word. Okay, so I'm interrupting you, apologize. Their first prayer request is give us boldness in preaching your word. We're ready for the second one. Stretch out your hand with healing power. May miraculous signs and wonders be done through the name of your holy servant, Jesus. Thank you. Let me interrupt you there. In this prayer meeting, they prayed for two things, that they may speak boldly for Jesus mm -hmm. and that they may be able to heal people miraculously through the name of Jesus. Now, here's the result. Next verse. After this, the prayer meeting place shook and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit. Then they preached the word of God with boldness. Have you ever been to a prayer meeting like that? Where they prayed for boldness in speaking for Jesus and the ability to do miracles and signs and wonders to bring honor to Jesus. No, I never have. Ask, seek, and knock. This is not about uh, John Doe being healed. This is about being citizens of the kingdom of heaven. This is where we need persistence. Yeah, this really changes the whole idea of prayer. Yeah. To become citizens of the kingdom, to, to, to live the way that God's citizens will live. And the focus is changed from what we want God to do to what he is wanting us to come in line with. Mm -hmm. And not in order to become saved, but because we are saved, we want to be his citizens of his kingdom. Yeah. So um, one of the questions that was raised at our discussion group on Monday night was, if we don't pray for certain people, does that mean God can't heal them or bless them or do something for them? That's kind of an interesting question, I think. It is. So here's what it amounts to if you really boil it down to what is this question actually about. This question is asking, is a person's salvation mostly from God and partially from myself? See, the word saved and, and heal come from the same Greek word, sozo. So uh, I want to make a few points, actually seven, and we'll end with this. Prayer is to change you, not God. The problem is us, not God. So we need to repent of our own will and let God be God. So this flies in the face of trying to change God's mind or get his attention or get him to do what we want him to do. Right. So we've already mentioned that God knows what we need even before we know. So I'd like to suggest that God is only limited by yourself in terms of what he wants to do in you because God gives you uh, choice and he treats you with dignity uh, yes it's true that there is one person god cannot help 
unless you pray for that person. And that person is me. Because if I'm unwilling, then God cannot do what he'd like to do. So I think but, the, the question that was raised was kind of coming from the, the idea that um, the accusations of the enemy are what prevent God from doing some things unless we are praying to release God to do those. Yes. Um, so I would counter that by saying that uh, I know we have a, a desperate enemy on the planet. Uh, but it's also true that Jesus has defeated the enemy. Uh, he defeated him on the cross. He was cast down. And uh, he may do as he pleases if the human agent is willing. Mm. Okay, yeah, that's true. He is a defeated enemy. And uh, he that is in you is greater than he that is in the world. Right. John says that. Mm -hmm. You can resist the work of God by opposing or neglecting the work that the Spirit wants to do in your heart. Now, I don't think that, uh, well, maybe I can't speak for other people. Sometimes I oppose the Spirit, but generally not for long. But busyness does cause me to neglect the work that the Spirit wants to do in my heart. And we are so uh, ingrained to be busy because we feel that if we admit to somebody else that we're not busy, then we're not of value. Yeah. That's interesting. Yeah. So, you know, Paul often ends his letters with uh, praying for his fellow workers. So that sounds like um, the traditional uh, concept of prayer is that you need to pray for these other people. Otherwise, uh, God can't be able to, won't be able to help them or bless them. I would like to suggest that what Paul is doing when he's praying for his fellow workers, he is asking God, what can I do to be a blessing to my fellow workers? Mm. And by the way, just the fact that he includes their names in his letter means that he's already blessed them. Yeah. There was a very famous uh, orphanage builder in England during the Industrial Revolution where there were many orphans. His name was George Mueller. And he never uh, asked any human being for financial help. And yet he built this chain of orphanages. And if they didn't have food, he would go into his room and emerge some hours later and say, food is on the way. Or if they needed a new orphanage, he'd pray about it silently with God and somebody would come up with the funds or the materials to build the new orphanage. So he is regarded as an authority on answered prayer. And this is what he said. Pray until the outcome doesn't matter to you, whether it be yes or no. And then you will hear God speak. We seldom get there in our prayers because we just, we know what we want and it matters a lot to us. 
Yeah. Hmm. So this reminded me of John 16, verse 12. In John 16, verse 12, Jesus says this. There is so much more I want to tell you, but there's a time to be silent, to listen for the Spirit to speak to one's heart. Yeah, that's, that's powerful. Because he, he has so much more that he wants to share with us. And it's through his spirit that he is, uh, is able to do that now, today. So at times one is impressed to call somebody. I'm not saying it's always the spirit. But it could be that the spirit is asking you to call that person. Mm -hmm. And cheer them on. It's really a scary thing to put away your phone and your books and just to be quiet in the Lord's presence and listen for what he wants to say to you. Now, I know, I'm very much aware of this, that the Lord can speak to a person while you're reading or studying the scriptures. And that happens to me a lot. But I also know that now I'm a little older, I wake up at night and uh, sometimes I'm glad and I say, speak, Lord, for thy servant is listening. Mm -hmm. It is a, a real challenge to be able to be still. Um, right. I, it's very easy to fill my day with many, many things and, uh, and just to be still and to sit in his presence is um, is not easy. It's not an easy thing to do. I struggle with, with doing that. As we conclude our look at prayer, I just wanted to add one more thought that came to me, and that is that prayer is, our life is really a prayer, our whole life. And it's not just something that we do. Prayer is something that we are. Our whole life is a response to God's pursuit and his love for us. And so rather than segregate it into just something that we do, I think it's helpful, it's been helpful for me to realize that my whole life is a prayer response to God. We've come to the end. Very good. Thank you for giving us a new picture of what prayer can be so that we can build a closer relationship with God. Beautiful. Let us pray. Oh, dear God, what a joy it is to be in your presence, in the presence of Jesus and the Holy Spirit. In your presence, we remember that you know us by name, and we are precious to you. And you long for our companionship. And you have time for us. And we confess that we are often busy, much too busy with our own thoughts and our own clamoring for this and that. We repent in your presence. We want to walk with you and not lead you. We want you to be Lord 
We want to be your servants. So we ask, we seek, and we knock to be children of the kingdom of heaven, to bring glory and honor to you and joy to those we meet. Amen. Amen. Thank you for joining us on this journey to understand the God that Jesus knew. And if you'd like to share this with friends, we'd appreciate that. In fact, we have created a new website called rediscoveringgod.ca. You can refer your friends to that site, and they can see all the podcasts that we have produced so far, and the ones uh, in the future will be posted there. Uh, you can make comments. You can join us in a dialogue and a conversation so that we can discover what difference this is making for you or any questions that you have that we can endeavor to answer or perhaps address in a future podcast. So that's rediscoveringgod.ca. In addition to the website, we've also created a WhatsApp site called Rediscovering God. So if you're on WhatsApp or would like to join us, uh, just search for us there or send me an email at wkay. S is in Sam, I-X, at gmail.com. And I'll be glad to add you to our group and we can continue the dialogue there.